How's everybody doing tonight? Good. Um, well, today is December 1st, um, 2010. And for any of you guys that are renters out there, rent is due. <laughs> if you need to know, that's what I do for a living. <laughs> It's all right, the church rents do too. <laughs> um, well, God put this message on me um, a few weeks ago, and I really did not know where it was going to lead to. Um, I just, Isaiah 51 came to my mind one day during worship, and it says, Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut, and the quarry from which you were honed. Look to Abraham, your father, and, Sarah, and to Sarah, who gave you birth. When I called him, he was only one man, and I blessed him and made him many. Um, when I was thinking about this, I was like, okay, I can understand the rock, the whole rock thing, you know. Because um, many times throughout the word, it says, you know, the Lord is my rock, my salvation. And the Sunday before Thanksgiving, um, he started putting an image of a diamond in my head. I was like, okay, why a diamond? Do I need to buy Joy another ring? And I'm thinking about it, and the diamond, the diamond is one of the hardest um, gems out there, one of the hard, hardest substances. So I was like, okay, maybe I'm going to be talking about my hard-headedness. <laughs> but that's not what the Lord um, started showing me as I started um, looking into the Word and and studying what the process of a diamond was. And I was able to start relating it to the whole personal life and the Christian walk. Um, let me tell you a little bit about diamond and how it's formed. Um, it's formed in deep within the earth. And the way it's formed is through lots of pressure and lots of heat. And um, Lindsay's a geologist, and hopefully I have it all on point, kind of summarizing everything. Um, and, and I look at my life before Christ. And I think of all the pressures and all the times that I've been burned. You know, um, kind of, there's, there's a lot of new people that haven't been around for that long, so um, I wanted to share part of my testimony um, about, we, we came to the church in 2007, September 16, 2007. Um, before that, I was working at a different apartment community, working in the leasing office. And we just got a new house. Um, it was more, way more than what we could afford. But it was all the pressures of trying to prove myself to the world. You know, all, um, and there was so much pressure from our relationship. Um, we were on the verge of divorce. Um, and when I started thinking about, um, sorry, I have a guys. Um, <laughs> about the pressures, 
that it took to form the diamond, I thought about all the pressures that it took to form me. And and with the diamond, it gets pushed to the surface because you can't mine it when it's all the way deep inside the earth. So it gets pushed to the surface or semi-surface to where it can be reached. And, and it gets pushed through these little channels. And when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, you know what? The Lord found supernaturally all these channels to push Joy and I through to get to where we are, get to a place where we can be mine. That's good. Uh, and I had a PowerPoint. I was so busy at work today, and you get to download it. But if you look at a diamond in its rawest form, it just looks like a pebble. And it looks like when it's in the rock, it just looks like a little crystallite um, popping out of the rock. But once they cut it, it's just little pebbles. And, and I'm thinking, when you look at that, how many times do you, if you saw a diamond in its rawest form, you don't see the value in it? You don't see um, all that it took to bring it to the surface. And then I started going on Facebook, and there were some photos that some of my friends tagged, and I was looking at it, I was like, how many people would have just passed me by? And to this day, I still, sometimes I um, run into people that knew me from before, and they're like, who are you? You know? Um, and, I, and I think of all the people that just passed me by and thought that I was nothing. And sometimes I feel my family does that because I didn't graduate from high school. I got my GED, good enough diploma. But <laughs> 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 um, still, finish school. Are you high schoolers? But through all those things, God taught me and prepared me for the pressures that would prepare me for the Christian life. Because the word says we're going to be persecuted, we're going to go through trials, and it's the trials that we've been through that help us learn how to move on and not make the same mistakes. Um, and can you guys turn to First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians one, um, verse four? Yeah. There. Can somebody read that? When I read that, I was like, that was me. That was that was what Joy and I were three years ago. We we saw the spirit and we had that deep conviction when we met Nick and Lindy and saw the light that shone through their lives and all the pressures that were in their life and how they overcame it. And and we wanted to be imitators of them. You know, we wanted to become more like them. Um, 
when we welcomed the message and there was a lot of people that thought we were just, it was just a phase. Yeah, just falling away. And there were some people that came into the church with us that thought the same thing about us, that we're still here and they're no longer here. Um, and as I saw the light, I saw how far we've been pulled um, to be rescued. Um, we were in the depths of our sinful ways, um, and God pulled us out of that. And as I continue to start studying about um, diamonds, which I'm sure all the women know what the four C's are. <laughs> What are the four C's? Um, and it wasn't by our own efforts 
that we were cut out. It was supernaturally uh, not in human hands that were cut out and brought and brought out to destroy. And as we talk about um, the fruits, um, who knows what the fruits of the spirit is? <laughs> well, um, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Um, I mean, those. That's that's the light that comes out from us. That's the that's what we need to <coughs> is peace, um, the joy, a smile. That's you know ultimately it's a smile um, and treating everybody the right way. Amen. You know, um, there's been <coughs> so many things cut out of my life that I've learned. If the Lord tells you to cut it and you don't, He'll cut it. Whether you want to or not. Right. Um, whether you're obedient to it or not, He'll get cut eventually. You know, and when you when you're able to um, have it cut yourself, then it's a gradual cut. But when you're not obedient and He cuts it. You need to start playing hard. <laughs> um, and for instance, a couple of, I think last year, um, I met Joy and I, we were, and mainly me, because I was the head of the household, uh, wasn't being good stewards with our funds. And we were tithing, but we weren't doing everything else that went along with it. You know, paying our bills on time, and you know, trying to take care of the um, responsibilities that we were supposed to. Um, we said we bought a lot of things and ate out a lot. I think that's what we did most with our money. And I think, um, and I got laid off, and. Um, Praise Jesus, I was able to find another job. Um, and God brought me back to where the job that I left to pursue that other job. And I pursued that other job because it was a great opportunity and it was more money. And I found out that my pursuance of it was more selfish ambition than trying to do other things. And What's crazy is, at the very same time that I got that job offer, I got a promotion offer at um, the apartment that I was working at to be a, a, become the assistant manager at the property I'm working at now. <laughs> um, and it ended on bad terms because I went to go work at that other job right away. And when I got laid off, I was very hesitant on where to go and stuff like that. And it just so happened, I called an old friend that's in the business and they said, hey, the manager that was there is no longer there. We need somebody, uh, why don't you go over there? So I went over there and I realized that the industry that I'm in is my calling because I'm able to reach out and meet awesome people, um, awesome people that love the Lord and be able to be a witness to a lot of people. And I think our community is 
percent Muslim. I mean, that's sugar land, you know. Um, and for me to be able to be a light to the community um, and 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 just let it shine, I feel that you know that's my calling. And God's placed me back to where I took myself out of. And the next um, way that you determine the quality of a diamond is clarity. And the clarity hit me pretty good because I don't always have a clear mind. I have so many things running through my mind, um, especially with work, especially the next three days. Um, just so many things going on at work, uh, people paying rent. but. I think clarity is the easiest thing that people can understand because um, it shows us what we understand and um, I'm sorry I said that wrong. Clarity is the most important, most easy for people to understand. It is how clear um, our imperfections are. So if and I I taught a um, home meeting about two weeks ago, and it was about feelings. And this also has to do with brothers and sisters cutting each other, uh, you know, helping each other out. Um, but I, I taught on feelings being the root of sin, and and a brother or a sister and brother that I love very much like corrected me on it because what leads to our feelings is our perception or our thoughts. And and that leads to our feelings which leads to sin. Um, and I want I wanted to correct myself on that. Um, but it's um, we're never gonna be flawless. Clarity is being able to have a clear mind. And when I think of clarity in the word, is shalom, it's peace. Being in right standing with the Lord. That means every authority that's over you, you're in right, right standing underneath it. Um, and, and having that, and how do you get clarity? You have that intimate relationship with the Lord, and you're obedient. And allowing yourselves to be vulnerable because um, clarity is not you know we need to be um, transparent so that wherever needs to be cut can be cut um, in Exodus 14 Moses um, 14 13 to 14 um, Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians see today and will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. And that's why it's, and this is something I do not do very often, is be still. Is wake up in the morning and have my prayer time. And to me, I think 
the morning time is the best time to have prayer time. Um, and the reason is you don't have everything else that has happened through the day interrupt your relationship with the Lord. Because I admit, even after after a work day, coming home to awesome worship, or coming here, there's still thoughts of, you know, it takes a while to be able to break into God's presence, you know. And, and I charge you guys to make the time to wake up in the morning, to have that um, clear head to to start start the day in prayer. <coughs> um, Psalms 37. Can somebody read um, 1 through 6? Do not fret because of evil men, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass they will soon wither, like green plants they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. So in Psalm 37, three ways, actually four ways, that you can have a clear mind. First is trust in the Lord. You know, as long as you trust in Him, um, your mind will be content because you know, no matter what happens, He's going to pull you through it. Delight in the Lord. You know. Have, have that um, happy attitude and before him and you know if, if you what they tell us in our industry is when you answer the phone even though you're having a bad day smile <laughs> and, it, and it shines through to the I other said side my industry too <laughs> 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 commit your commit your ways um, to the Lord you know no matter what you do do it unto the Lord, and and um, you know he'll he'll honor that, and you won't have any words because you know you're doing God's will. And last, be still. You know, take that time to have that intimate relationship with the Lord. Um, color, I think, is what I relate to the most out of. Um, all the diamond things because color usually is on the surface and it's what people see first you know and in most in most instances you know color color diamonds some are rare some are worth more but what's considered pure is white you know um, and because it emits the most amount of light so when I when I started studying this, I started looking at my past and all the things that I tried to make people see. You know, I covered what was inside 
to kind of have an image that was more than what I was. You know, I had the nice car, I had the nice car, right, car, house. Um, <laughs> is it hot? <laughs> um, but, you know, but I don't have any of that now. All that was torn away from me because um, it wasn't godly. You know, I was trying to lift myself up instead of lifting forward. Um, and even, even us as Christians, we tend to put up a facade a lot of times to where nothing, everything's fine. There's, there's, we don't, we don't need prayer. We're, we're fine. You know, uh, I don't need healing. I'm, because there's some churches teach, you know, if you have sickness in your life, there's sin in your life. You know, and, and, it's, and it hurts people to become vulnerable, to be able to ask for prayer. Um, and in James, I, it's on the bottom of my hat. But in James, it speaks of, you know, asking elders when, when you're having trouble, have asked elders to uh, lay hands on you and just ask for prayer when you're going through those times. Um, it's selfish to not ask for prayer. Yeah. Um, because that's what we're supposed to do for each other. Um, and that's one thing that I struggle with is asking for help. But I've learned to do that. Um, Joy and I have learned to ask for help whenever we need it. And luckily we have a lot of people in our lives that are willing to help. Because there's been so many people that in our lives that have told us that they're help. And when it comes down to it, they're like, no, let me change our minds. You know, we don't think that you can do it. Well, it's for us to learn. You know, it's for us to make our own mistakes. But it's what we do with our mistakes that, um, that help us. things that I found really interesting 
um, when I studied about a diamond because the number one thing that looks like a diamond is a cubic zirconia. Um, and what I found out was cubic zirconia is man-made. Um, and a diamond is not, it's actually uh, you know, from the earth. Um, just like what we are. We're, from the earth, we're not man-made. And when we try to do things that are man-made, it's just going to crumble. And that's another way that you can tell the difference between a diamond and a cubic zirconia. A diamond can endure pressure. The easiest way that you can figure out the difference is you can crush a cubic zirconia, you can't crush a diamond. And that's the same in our walk. You, you can see who is walking and who's not by when pressures and trials fall upon them. Are they going to be crushed underneath the pressure, or are they going to stay resilient and keep on shining? And another thing um, about a diamond that I found out is 98% of diamonds that are mined work in the industrial field. So they're workers. 98% of diamonds are workers. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to work out, um, do the work, you know, because well, it says we're going to be judged by, by our deeds. You know? um, and in 2 Thessalonians 2.9, it speaks of the lawless man that is going to uh, do false miracles, and stuff like that, and it's like, how how do you know if that's the if that's the lawless man if he can do miracles? You see the light that shines through him, and that's the and that's the final difference between a diamond and a cubic zirconia. Is a diamond's light is pure and white. If it's um, a white diamond, it's pure. Versus a cubic zirconia, there's um, light. Uh, rainbow um, prism, prism, prism mm. that shines around them. And that's how you can see if the light that shines through you or it shines through the people is pure. Mm. And I guess the thing that I want everybody to get through this, get out of this, is you know, just continue, just think like a diamond and let your light shine. Um, and know that all these pressures that you're going through, all, all these things that you're going through, um, that God's strengthening you um, to become indestructible. And don't be offended when your brother or sister um, corrects you, because those who hate correction is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're only trying to help cut out the flaws and and help you so you can be the light to other people because the testimony of uh, my life is I saw somebody else's light and that brought me to the Lord. Amen. 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 Now that you're done preaching, can I embarrass you? Sure. <laughs>
He's come a long way since he was drunk at that first crawfish boil. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was just I don't think I was just <laughs> Spoken truly like somebody who was drunk. <laughs> I love John and Joy. As he was speaking, especially as he began to talk about the cut of a diamond, I couldn't help but think, First Samuel 22, 2 speaks of the men that were drawn to David. And they're the same kind of men that were drawn to Jesus. It says it was all those that were in debt. All those who were discontented. All those who wanted some kind of change. You cannot look out at a crowd of people and see diamonds. You can't. What you see are uncut stones that put in the master's hands can become something beautiful. You know? Maybe one of the saddest stories from a worldly perspective is the poor schmo that went to a flea market, buys what looks like a big baseball to him, gives it to somebody else for 10 bucks, and it turned out to be the world's largest uncut diamond. And yet the church is doing this every day. We overlook our brothers because we don't see enough of Jesus' life in them. Diamonds cut diamonds. You have a responsibility to your brother. You have a responsibility to the people on your left and right. We are supposed to be a community that is causing each other to shine. Jesus did not tell you to be a loudspeaker. He told you to be a light to the world. Shine. As John moved on to clarity and read Psalm 37, <coughs> trusting, delighting, and committing in the Lord brings clarity to your life, period. It's always a good litmus test to go back to. It's my life showing trust in the Lord. I'm delighting right now in the Lord, no matter what my circumstances are. Am I committed to the Lord right now, no matter what my... This is clarity of purpose. I want to tell you the devil is a master at messing this up for you. Go back to something just as simple as that. When John began to speak of color, my mind drifted to Revelation 19. Speaking of the bride of the Christ, it says, Fine white linens were given her. These are the righteous acts of the saints. We can wear around the deeds that were done in faith as righteous acts, and this is what makes us beautiful. What makes it valuable. They're pure because they came from the Lord. As John began to speak about carrot, I wrote the words big across the page. It's overrated. It is overrated. People brag on things like this but they don't always pass the pressure test. They don't always pass the color test, the clarity, or the cut test. Friends, if we can just focus on why God has you here, what he's doing in your life, what Jesus wants to bring out of you, if you can just stay focused on trusting in him, delighting in him, being committed to him, you never walk past a vegetable garden and hear bushes straining to produce vegetables. It just happens naturally. You won't have to try to be a diamond. It'd be the product of being in the circumstance. The presence of the Lord will draw it right out of you. How many of you see John and Joy's diamonds? Mm-hmm. I, do. Yeah. I do. When they came here, Joy was a Buddhist and John was an aspiring drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but spending a little time in the Master's hands and a little bit of time in the fellowship of the saints they don't resemble the people they used to be. They really don't. 
I remember there was a time John was so invested in paintball that he, he looked like he had done it for a living. They had all of the gear that could be had. All of the <laughs> you find out where a man's passions are by what he invests in. But what I've watched over the last several years is all of their investment has been in the kingdom. So all of the kingdom's investment has been in them. This is something to bond with your life after. Mm -hmm. I believe with all of my heart that John and Joy will not only have a righteous family, I think they'll preach the gospel on this continent and several others. Uh, mm -hmm. All I can tell you is that Jesus takes those stones that might be a little uncut, and he cuts them, and that's how we all got here. Mm -hmm. I hope that it gives you encouragement to see our brothers share the word, Amen. to hear their heart. You know, he didn't go pull this sermon offline somewhere. I've been watching him. He's working on it every evening. He keeps sneaking off while my family's watching Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> he sneaks off and goes and studies, and he did that for your benefit. I'm curious, when you come to church, do you come to church hoping to bring something of benefit to the people around you? Or do you only come to church to receive? Because friends, diamonds light up a room. That's what makes them diamonds. When you come to church someday, invite somebody. Bring somebody. Let your light shine. Don't be scared that you're different than others, that your carrot is not right. You just shine as you. And you know what? Jesus told us if we lifted his name up in this place, he'd draw all of yeah. Our goal has never been to build a big church. Our goal is to have the impact of people's lives God wants us to have. But I believe there are still people out there that we're supposed to be reaching. Amen. So I encourage you to do that. Next week we will have another member of the congregation sharing a word. I'm going to push y'all to preach until you've got nothing left, and then we'll open it up on Wednesday nights for questions. Amen? Amen. Amen. We want to pray for John, and then uh, we'll pray for each other. Stand here. John, that was a good word. A good word. We found a notebook in here that is plastic on two sides. Black, yes, black and plastic on two sides. <laughs> yeah, uh, check your cars, check your bags. Somehow or another, I've misplaced one. And, you know, if you should happen to find it, probably not a great idea if you read it before you return it. It's my counseling notebook, and it's gone. So uh, I, I could use it. Speaking of uh, my sister's. First baby, Ella Rose. Ella Rose found out today, second day after she was born, her intestines have encapsulated around themselves. Mm -hmm. Some, similar to what, like what Chris had. Well, they thought that they thought this is what they thought. And so she had had surgery today, and she's doing better, but she's in those stages of recovery from NICU. We can't lift her up from her. We're going to do that right now. Ella Rose. You ever ask somebody to pray and they say, oh, sure, brother, and then they walked off and you know they never did? We don't want to be those people. So before we close, we're going to pray for Ella Rose. Mighty, mighty God, Lord, we lift up this baby before you. We believe, Holy One, that you knit together babies in their mama's wombs. We also believe, mighty God, that you've prepared good works in advance for Ella Rose to do. So we call out her name before all the heavenly powers. And we call on the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. And we say in the name of Jesus, we command Ella Rose's body to be right. We rebuke you, devil. You will not steal her future. You will not steal her calling. 
Lord, I ask that you would move in this situation for the parents' benefit, that you would draw them near to you. Lord, that in their helplessness, they would find you as the Savior, and they would become strong in the Lord and the power of your might. We love you, mighty God. We thank you for this word that you gave us tonight through your servant, John. Lord, we thank you for the fellowship of the saints and the fellowship of your spirit. Lord, you are, you are exalted in our lives. We ask, mighty one, that you would lead us into righteousness. Help us put childish ways behind us that we might advance your kingdom. We love you, holy one. We pray your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We dedicate our lives to you this night. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.